Rebirth of Venus. I'm Caitlin Matanley, and I'm a spiritual mindset coach, a personal development junkie, an all-around Venus worshiper, and a powerful witch. I'm here to talk dirty about evolution, revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. Thanks for listening. everybody. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. Welcome to this lovely, lively Friday. It is warm and sunny outside here in Mexico City. There is a lot of reggaeton playing outside, which means people are happy. And, you know, it's funny because last week I talked about we were in sort of like a pollution emergency, an air pollution emergency. Schools were closed because the air was so bad here. Um, Mexico City does really struggle with the pollution issue, and it's just been worse this year because of a lot of forest fires and surrounding areas. Anyway, people are out, they're happy, and I hope you are too. So today I have a special episode. I am actually doing an update for you on a topic I talked about um, in or around episode 15. So Every so often I get requests from my listeners to update them on certain topics that I introduced in the past. And I love doing this because, I mean, really, quite a few of my podcast episodes are in response to listener questions. Whether And, and the thing that's funny is that it's very rarely just one person. Usually one person is curious and then someone else is curious and then maybe one of my you know personal friends mentions it to me not even as like a podcast episode but just like hey what's going on with so and so and so here i am to update you on my 2019 no buy so back i believe in episode 15 although don't hold me to that i talked about setting goals for the year to make make choices with my money that felt more intentional and more aligned. And as somebody who in the past had struggled with spending and had done a lot of spending that did not feel aligned, spending that came out of a sense of boredom or out of a sense of lack, like personal lack, you know, more or less not really coming from the right place, I started noticing that some of my spending habits just were not productive or empowering. And so at the beginning of this year, I talked about this on the podcast, I had talked about how I made a list of all of the things I desired to spend on and not to spend on this year. And so it wasn't so much about like setting a restrictive budget because I'll be honest, that's something that's never worked for me. And it's part of it's partly, I think, because I'm a manifesting generator in human does human design. I'm which is sort of a rebellious um, personality type. I actually have a podcast coming up about human design where I'll be interviewing somebody who knows a lot more than I do. So um, look forward to that. 
But even a lot of other personality tests I've taken, I'm like, I'm always the rebel. <laughs> and really, I don't do well with structures that don't have any wiggle room. That's just me. So I did this from a point of intention. And a lot of the things, this was back in January, a lot of the things on the list of things I decided I wasn't going to spend on were things that I felt I'd spent too much on in the past or just things I already had enough of, et cetera, et cetera. And then the things that I was allowing myself to spend on were things that felt aligned. So from the start, it was a very aligned process. So are you curious how it's been going? Well, I am not doing it. <laughs> and I could not be happier with that choice. So let me explain. And I want to use this opportunity to talk about the idea of aligned spending. Now, money is a topic that's really interesting and important to me. And it's something that this year, in fact, as a direct result of going against my no buy, I've actually made huge strides on. Um, in terms of my money mindset, and more importantly, in terms of the physical results of improving that money mindset, aka having more money. So you might be wondering, how does breaking your no buy, how did that get you more money? Let me explain. So I want to start by saying that my approaches to money and money mindset are largely energetic. In fact, they're much more energetic than practical. Now, that's not to say that those that, that that's really a false dichotomy. Because here's the thing. And I talked about this on a on the phone with a client earlier today. We have this in in the dominant culture, there's this idea of the way you do things in a practical sense being really different than the way you do things in a spiritual sense. And that, in my experience, is just not true because, you know, I personally, let's use money as an example. I personally tried to follow all of the rules for so many years and just got myself into like deeper and deeper trouble around it. And it wasn't until I developed a set of ideas that works for me that I was able to really get a handle not just on the spiritual side of money, which you know, comes down to deservedness and self-worth, but also the practical side of money of like having more money, right? Because here's the thing. What I learned as somebody who, this might come as a surprise to you because I am a spiritual mindset coach and I have a podcast that talks about some pretty out there spiritual concepts. But I learned that even though I had this really strong practical side that required results and efficiency to a certain extent, what I found eventually was that handling these very earthly concepts like money from an energetic and spiritual viewpoint or, you know, from a from the side of energetics rather than the side of quote unquote practicality actually for me led to more practical results. So the more wooey I got with my approach to making money, having money, keeping money, 
the more I found that I had money. And so it became, the energetics actually became a practical tool in my toolbox. And there, it's something I want to present today as just that, as a tool in your toolbox, not just for money, but in terms of everything, but a tool in your toolbox to really build what you want to build. Now, I'm going to be going really deep into the conversation of money manifesting. In a few episodes, I'm going to be interviewing Gala Darling about manifesting money like a badass. So we're going to be going really, really deep into the money manifesting piece. Um, so stay tuned for that. If a lot of questions that I bring up today are, or if a lot of things I bring up today bring up questions for you, feel free to drop me a message and let me know if there are any things around the energetics of money and money manifestation that you would like addressed. And that's something that Gala and I are going to be talking about at length very soon. But for today, I really wanted to talk about my experience with this sort of alternative no-buy or low-buy is really what it was. And how, for me, coming up with a different structure entirely was a lot more effective. You know, I think this is an important conversation. And it's funny because in the realm of Venus... A lot of people don't realize that the archetype of Venus rules abundance. It rules the type of like the money and abundance that comes to you when people and opportunities are attracted to you and your energy. And money can often seem like this very dry subject, not very Venusian at all. But the funny thing is, is that really making money and keeping money, it comes down to attraction. It comes down to attracting the money to you, not even necessarily in a traditional law of attraction sense, just like literally bringing it to you. It's really no different than attracting a lover to you. And so if you think about it from that perspective, it starts to change the energy around the idea. In fact, it's funny because I just finished reading, what was it called? The No BS Guide to Wealth Attraction for Entrepreneurs. The No BS Guides, they're a series of books. I think they're, I think they're put out by Entrepreneur Press, like maybe related to the magazine. I've seen other books of this, and I just like randomly read this one, and it has some good points in it. It's very much not a law of attraction book, though. In fact, the author is like very financially conservative, and like there were definitely a few too many, like all of the references to Donald Trump in this book. I mean, granted, this was an old book well before our current, you know, situation. But it was still like, okay, really? <laughs> this is your, this is, <laughs> this is the example you're using? But there were a, a few good points in the book and it was, you know, worth the read because of that. But what was interesting was this is somebody who it does not, did not look at wealth attraction from the spiritual law of attraction place even though many of, the idea, many of the ideas presented were very compatible, honestly. This was somebody who had a much more traditional mindset and still viewed the idea of money as something that could be attracted to you, into your field. That was interesting to me. And that's why, honestly, I, you know, I do read books, even when I'm like, I don't know if 
like I can really relate to this person because it's interesting to me how somebody from a very different background can actually be talking about a lot of the same things. I mean, you'll never catch me talking about Donald Trump in my work, but you know, you get my point. Although to be fair, I have already mentioned his name three times in this podcast, I'm horrified to say. Anyway, moving on. So when the first listener messaged me about this, I was like, I'll be honest, my first response was my what? (laughs) Because this was maybe a month or two ago. And that was back in January that I decided to go on this low buy. And so what happened? Are you wondering? It's not that I gave up. It's not that I was like, I can't do this. It's too hard. Because you know what? Like, if you want something enough, you'll do it. What happened is this. In February, at the beginning of February, I believe, I felt suddenly a really strong call to enroll in an online program. And the program was, um, it was a group program with Amanda Francis, who I've talked about on the show before because she's since become a mentor to me. Um, and it's her program, The Money Mentality Makeover, which is a program that runs every year. And... I was really called to sign up for it. It was a big investment. And one of the things on my list of no buys for the year was online courses. (laughs) Because in the past, I have bought a lot of online courses. I really hadn't followed through on a lot of them, like many do. And I just decided it wasn't something I needed this year. And yet, I also could tell that what I was experiencing when I was considering signing up for this was an intuitive hit. It was like, you should do this. It was funny because actually, I hadn't, I'd only been following her for a short amount of time. She was somebody I had followed in the past and I'd been very triggered by. And as I, you know, have talked about in past episodes, I know by now that when I'm triggered by somebody, it's because they have something really big to teach me. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes, and she's, it's funny because she even talks about this sometimes publicly. She's like, you know, I don't really worry when people like unsubscribe or whatever, because I know like a lot of them are going to come back. (laughs) And that's exactly what I did. And so it was also around this time that I was, I had the opportunity to take a weekend trip. And again, my, my intuition was just like, you need to go on this trip. You need to sign up for this course. Like this is what has to happen. They weren't really related, but they were both examples of things that weren't on the like find to buy list that my intuition said were right choices for me. What ended up happening is this. I had already started my business in its current iteration. I mean, for those of you who are maybe new to the show, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I'm currently on my fourth business, my fourth unconventional, weird, freaky business. And I, you know, what I was doing this time around in the business realm was really just putting things out that lit me up. And I wasn't, wasn't so worried about the money side, even though I knew it was growing into a business. And so really there wasn't like that much money coming in. And suddenly, because I had this deep desire to do these two things, neither of which were technically approved on my okay to buy list, I realized I had to make something happen. So what I did was this. I put together a package. Um, It was a package of 
sessions at the time I was calling them witch bestie sessions and they were basically a combination of tarot of advice giving essentially and astrology and they actually ended up transforming over the next several months into my current offering my my current single session offerings which are my tarot transformation sessions and um, at the time, though, I was just like, I mean, it, this wasn't my first time offering sessions like this publicly. So it wasn't, you know, like a huge leap exactly, but it was what kind of started everything. And so what I did is I just like put it out there. I branded it. I put it out there. I got quite a few sales and I had enough money for my first payment and my trip that I wanted to take. And it was in that moment that I realized that I knew, had known all along. It was the same thing I knew every time I tried to like stick to a special diet or being like, I'm going to do this now or this now. It always hit a point for me when my intuition told me to do something different. Now, I'll admit there are many times when your ego disguises as your intuition and you were like, I feel like I just should do this when it actually is like sort of a self-sabotaging, a self-sabotaging thing where you are thinking like, let, let's look at food for an example. Maybe you've been following like a strict um, ketogenic diet, like the keto diet is very popular. And you just like really, really want some fucking bread one day, right? Which is not okay on that diet. You have a couple of choices. Yeah, you very well might just be having a craving that's actually going to leave you feeling shitty. But you also might need some fucking carbs because actually like that diet is not sustainable for most bodies. It can have, you know, lots of health effects for a period of time, but most people eventually need to return to more moderation. And so here's the thing. You have to learn to trust yourself so you can tell the difference. Now, here's the thing. I, because I don't believe in an all or nothing approach to anything, even if you make the choice and it, you realize you just have fallen off the wagon and it was just your ego who wanted a thing and it wasn't really an intuitive choice after all, that doesn't mean anything. You know, you can then decide to go back to the rules or go back to the system or whatever you're doing. The problem is often people have an all or nothing mentality. And so what they do when they get to that point and like slip up in quotes, they are just like, fuck it. I'm going to throw in the towel and I'm just going to like do whatever the fuck I want now. And that was what I was trying to avoid. My whole point behind this no, no buy, low buy was to become more conscious of my spending. And there's so many levels to this. I'm trying to like really let this story play out in order so I decided just to fucking go for it didn't really make sense I'll be perfectly honest I didn't know how I was going to pay for those future payments <laughs> but I just went for it I went on the trip I had an amazing time a bunch of things shifted on that trip personally spiritually and I ended up getting a lot a lot, lot, lot out of the program that I enrolled in. In fact, I pretty much, I, I don't think I'd be where I am today and as quickly as I am today if it wasn't for that program. So it immediately became clear I made the right choice. 
and so many things have followed since because of it that I knew I did. Now, at this point, what really started happening is I started seeing holes, basically, in my theory. And I realized what I had done had been very valuable. It had been really looking at what I felt lit up by, which would go on the yes, it's okay to buy list, and what I felt just like I was buying blindly, right? And this really came around to me because I, I wasn't giving a lot of active thought to the low buy, no buy. There were like a few things, but I, I really wasn't putting that much like deep thought into it. But then like other things started popping up. Like I wanted a designated notebook for this course, like a journal, and to do all my homework in one place because I was committed. I was like, I am doing every bit of fucking homework for this program, which I did. I am going to do every fucking thing, she says, which I pretty much did. You know, I'm going to do the work and see what happens. And so something else that was, had been on my, my no-buy list for the whole year was journals, pretty notebooks, etc. And so, and I literally had nothing to use. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to buy something, I'm not going to just like go buy an ugly-ass notebook. I'm going to buy something pretty. And, you know, yeah, it's not on the list. It's happening. And you see how like this wasn't just like me making excuses. It was me actually wanting to show up fully. Uh, and so, you know, I didn't want to be scribbling my homework on just like random scraps of paper I found. I wanted to have it all in one place and have it be a place I was inspired to go to, a.k.a. a pretty place, <laughs> a.k.a. a pretty journal, which was forbidden on the no buy. So, or the low buy. So I did, you know, I, I didn't really, again, I was listening to my intuition. I was just like, all right, you know, it is what it is. And then like, Maybe a week later, a couple weeks later, <laughs> I remember coming in my apartment, walking in my apartment, and I got, clear as day, the message, get rid of all of your crystals. <laughs> and probably some of you are laughing right now if you love crystals as well. And I was like, what? <laughs> get rid of all my crystals? I've got some really good ones. <laughs> and it was interesting because, and then the message I got, before I get to what was interesting, the message I got after that was, you know, that they were holding old energy for me and that they, that I was ready to let that energy go. And what was so fascinating was that I, when I moved to Mexico two years ago, I came with like two suitcases. And my, my point in that is that I had given away the vast majority of my possessions back in my home country, the United States. And the crystals were like one of the few things that I brought with me that felt good and, and they felt like who I was in the present and they were serving me and supporting me. And so it was so funny to think like, oh wait, have they been holding this energy all along? And what I realized is it just maybe hadn't been time to let go of them, but something I know by now is when I get a message, I listen. I just do. You know, I don't sit around and think about it, especially for something that's not that's not life or death. <laughs> like giving away your crystals, it's like you know, you might think like, oh, I wasted a bunch of money on these things I'm just giving away. But that's like the worst thing that can happen. And, you know, giving things away is always lovely. So I started intuitively giving them away to others. And I was and then I got the message that as soon as I got rid of them, the crystals and it sounds so kooky even to me. 
like putting all the thought into crystals but I got the message that the crystals I was ready for or like that embody the new energy I was stepping into would come into my life when after I'd gotten rid of these when the time was right and so I intuitively started giving them away to friends and what was crazy is that this led to so many synchronicities of like you know I would show a friend like a few options knowing in my mind which one was right for her and she would pick that very one and then she would find out like one of my friends found out that it had some connection to her birthday another friend she's like I think my grandmother had this stone around when I was a kid I used to love to play with it I just like remembered that in a dream and just like all these crazy things I knew I was doing the right thing and you know besides it's just like material possessions this isn't like a life or death situation by any means and then sure enough I was walking just down the street one day and a woman who was she was selling some jewelry and some crystals we started talking and just really connected and I connected this really this piece of pyrite that she'd found here in Mexico she mines them and that I bought it and as soon as I bought it I laughed because I was like oh crap that was also on the list no buying crystals. <laughs> and so, well, and then it was crazy because I looked it up because there was another mineral growing on it and like the symbolism of that was really resonant to me and it was clear that this was meant to be in my life. But it was funny because again, here we were buying off the no buy list. And so it was around this point that I was like, okay, I need to reconsider this because I feel really good and aligned with the things I've been spending money on and I don't feel actually like I'm overspending and in fact like I said it's been really quite a long time since I felt like I was overspending foolishly and then I realized that this whole thing around the no buy or low buy for me was about this old story I had of me being bad with money because I'll be honest, like I, I was bad with money for a very long time. And by no means am I an expert now. Like I'm just slowly getting better, but I am seeing the improvement, you know, as I as I keep moving forward on these ideas. And it, I realized that's so interesting. I am. I have this old story that I'm bad with money, that I can't be trusted, that I just spend everything I have. But when I really look at how I'm spending my money, it's on obviously like the things you, you know, the requirements of daily life, which for me were very moderate. Not that they need to be, you know, there's absolutely nothing with like live, nothing wrong with living extravagantly. Just I personally wasn't doing that. I wasn't like buying lots of things. The things I was purchasing, I felt aligned with and they were adding to my life. And those very same things that I felt aligned with, like much, even later down the road, they were never the things I regretted buying, never. They were things that brought value to my life. And I realized, wow, I'm holding on to this old story that I'm bad with money, that I can't be trusted with money, that I spend money foolishly. It's a story that's been, you know, that, that's been encouraged or like pushed on me even further by other people in my life by former partners who you know are maybe like more fiscally responsible in quotes and the thing is I'm I've always been a what I had considered a spender and what I've come to learn is really an investor 
Now, it's not to say I'm like, you know, I don't I don't personally have investments yet. That is something I intend to do in the future. I have other financial goals at this time. Um, but what I mean by I'm an investor is that really the only times that I saw my spending get out of control and really into a truly misaligned place where the pattern was an addictive pattern rather than one that brought me joy. They were times I had other things going on in my life that made me feel like I wasn't good enough as I was. And this story I was propagating by my personal approach to like re, um, revamping my spending habits in the year, it was actually buying into the same stories when the reality was I was a different person now. And that was interesting. And it was around then, and I don't remember exactly when that was, maybe it was still February, but I started to shift. I realized, wow, the same way that I eat, I approach food from a purely intuitive place. I eat 100% intuitively. And what that looks like often is quite healthy. And sometimes it doesn't look so healthy. I eat intuitively, and I don't really freak out about the choices. Like, Last week, there were two days in a row I ate out and I was eating and I remember being called to like the richest thing on the menu, you know, like the least healthy thing in quotes, because health, there's so many things that go into it. So I really am never going to make generalizations about like what's healthy and what's not. And it was interesting because both the times I got that thing, I ordered that thing and I didn't really worry about it because and I realized, oh, I think I'm not maybe getting enough calories and I'm craving it because I know there are a lot of calories. And because here's the thing, maybe there's something else that could have met that need in a healthier way, but it's not life or death. This isn't the end of the world. Just like if you're trying to spend intuitively and you fall prey to something that turns out to not be an intuitive purchase that the next day you kind of regret buying, you learn your lesson and you get back on the horse. We need to let go of this all or nothing mindset that makes us feel that once we've failed, in quotes, we need to just like go on a fucking shopping spree because we've quote unquote failed, right? And so it was then that I just, you know, I, I kind of just like decided to start ignoring it. And probably a month and a half later with my, you know, business now in full swing and me really creating things that were bigger and better and bolder, I found that list in that journal and it and I just couldn't even relate to it anymore. I couldn't even relate to it anymore. And I looked at the list and, and honestly, yeah, most of the things that were on the no-buy list, like I didn't even really have an urge to buy and I hadn't. But the reality was it wasn't about the list. It was just about the fact that I was beyond the need for me personally for those restrictions. Those restrictions were based on an old story that no longer applied to me. Now, this isn't to say I'm perfect and I don't sometimes spend more on X, Y, or Z than I wish, but I realized that I had been through so much of my adult life through this like up and down between, you know, spending in a certain way, being made to feel like that was bad, being then allowing myself to tell myself that I was bad and wrong and doing it incorrectly and then I would start spending like in a downward spiral because I felt bad about myself and then I would start to listen to my intuition and realize like 
well, actually, I'm sorry. After the spiral, then I'd be like, fuck, I need money. Like, I would start to scrimp and be like, okay, I'm going to cut this out, this out, this out. I'd go, like, in the traditional, like, budgeting sense, cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. And then I would start listening to my intuition because usually after, like, a month or so of, like, forced frugality, I'd be like, this, like, just feels constrictive and this feels bad. It doesn't feel good, you know? And then I would start to listen to my intuition, which was telling me, Focusing on what you're cutting back inherently is opposite to the energy of abundance. And then I would enter a more balanced approach. But the thing was, the cycle continued and continued and continued until I realized that, you know, I had been so, so unafraid of breaking all the rules in every other aspect of my life and then this area because I had this story that like I wasn't good at it so I had to like listen to everyone else it was actually not working for me and I want to expand a little bit on what I said about how you know the energy of like stripping things away is opposite of the energy of abundance because a lot of people misunderstand this and a lot of people think it's like a an invitation to just like go out and spend on whatever the fuck you want. And that's missing the point too. Because the real point is this. The real point is this. You need to just focus and know what your patterns are because and how they make you feel. Because for some people, frugality, and even for me sometimes for like periods of time, it feels good. You know, sometimes you just are not in the mood to, like, give away all your resources, you know? And that's fine. This isn't about, like, frugality being bad and or, like, budgeting being bad. But most people do approach it, in my experience, from a place of fear. And that is counter to love, which is the same vibration as abundance to me. And so what I realized was I was, like, contracting like no no like holding on onto my resources even more and yet I I didn't feel any better off I felt worse and this is when things start to get really interesting I was like you know what I'm gonna start consistently just chilling the fuck out around this you know not to say I didn't have freakouts here and there but I was like I'm not gonna be putting myself on basically a crash diet which is what I was doing from a financial standpoint time and time again I thought No, instead, I'm going to just listen to my fucking gut, listening to my intuition on this and ask myself before everything I buy, is this really what I want to do right now? Not is this what I want to spend on right now? Is this really what I want what I want to be doing right now? And there are many times I asked that question and the answer was no. And then I tuned into what I really wanted and I went after that, you know. And it was very satisfying. And then other times the answer was yes. And then I had this great aligned purchase that felt really good that added to my life and that I ended up being very happy for a long time to come with. And what was interesting was as I started doing this, I didn't find what I had expected to find, which was to have less money. And fact I actually started having more money and this came from a couple different things one was I I was starting to attract more opportunities or create more opportunities really 
because I started to recognize I was more being more more realistic about my spending desires and realizing in a more realistic way what I had to be bringing in to meet them. So I started creating more opportunities. But there was also this element of magic where it was like the less stingy I was with myself and with my life, the more I had. Even sometimes when I found that I actually was working fewer hours, and I started to realize that actually if I looked at like the, if I had graphed it over time, having this more balanced approach actually led to more gradual improvement over time. Whereas when I would go on these like financial diets, I might see a big improvement for a week or two and then it would just like crash probably. But also it just was magic because even thinking of all these like very specific into things that would play into it, there was still something I couldn't account for, which was just the fact that like it felt better. It felt more expansive. I felt richer. Even if the amounts of money I had were still like, you know, not large, but it just felt different. And I started realizing that what I had been doing personally all of those years wasn't working at all. And that's not to say like I fixed everything overnight and like now I'm rich. But I've seen an improvement and a slow, steady improvement in both my earnings and just my feelings around money. Those are miracles to me. And this isn't to say I don't have my days where I struggle and when I question it, but my consistency has been so much stronger. And as a result, I'm seeing the results. So my purpose with this episode is, yeah, just the requested update on a topic. But beyond that, it's to remind you that you need to take all advice with a grain of salt because ultimately you do know what's best for you. And it's a good idea. I do think it's a good idea to try different things, try different techniques. But as soon as you come across a perspective that makes you feel bad for how you've been doing something. You have to take a pause. Now, constructive criticism is fine. You know, if, you know, if you're spending a lot of money on blank and you're complaining that you don't have money, I do think you're responsible for looking at your spending. You don't have to decide to stop spending on that thing. But you should be at least aware, I think, if you're feeling like your resources are tight. But you ultimately get to decide. And ultimately, only you can decide what your priorities are. And, you know, uh, the, the, the financial, like, the mainstream financial advice you get is to follow a very specific path. And that works for a lot of people. But if it's not working for you, and not just in terms of finances, but we talked about food. I see the same kind of languaging around that. Or really anything that... Any habit that you are feeling guilted into adopting, question it. And ask yourself, like, says who? Because ultimately, none of these things are facts. They're all opinions. They're all different paradigms you can choose. And, yeah, the paradigm of, you know, set a budget, stick to the budget, save X amount, blah, 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 don't have debt, like, that paradigm works for many people. And a lot of people find it empowering. And that's great. This isn't to discourage you from that. 
but a lot of people, I, I see so many people struggling with that. And I can think of times in the past where like, you know, debt is a great example where like I paid off some debt because I felt guilty about it. And then I racked it back up like right away because it, it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Whereas I would, I would have been so much better off focusing on earning more and then and, and letting myself enjoy that and then paying it off when I was ready. Like I would have actually seen more progress over the long run. And so if you're feeling like the you know, typical advice in any topic that you've been getting is not quite serving you, I encourage you to try something different. You know what? You can try it for a month and see how you feel. You're not going to, you know, ruin. You know, even that. I was going to say, you're not going to like ruin your finances by, you know, following your intuition for a month. But the thing is, a lot of people feel that they will. Because... I'll be honest, like there have been times when like the numbers got really fucking low and I had to hold the faith the money was coming in, that the things I was spending on were aligned and that the flow would be corrected. And it always was. But I had to keep the faith. <laughs> I had to like not have the freak out. And do you know what? If something went wrong, I dealt with it. And I always figured it out. And then over time, that created such an atmosphere of greater trust greater self-trust, greater trust in the universe, trust in everything. And ultimately, that is where I saw the improvement happen. So I encourage you to take this message, this story, this personal story, and see how this might apply to your life. And this is going to be a great way, a great thing to sort of start thinking about as we approach the money manifestation episode which is coming soon i don't have the exact date memorized but it's coming soon it's, it's coming up in the next couple weeks for sure because a lot of the ideas even of manifesting especially manifesting money really go against what we're told and you have to be willing to think what if i'm wrong what if everyone's wrong Ultimately, it's not about who's right and wrong, but what if they? What if there is a different way that I could do this? So I encourage you to think about that. And as always, please send me a message for just to tell me about your experiences with this. Tell me, is there a time that you found that doing things the way that you were supposed to do them ended up doing more harm than good to you? And what happened when you shifted? I would love, love, love to know. So as always, you can DM me on Instagram at rebirth underscore of Venus. You can click the link in the show notes as well to get there directly. And if you love the idea of questioning everything, of rebelling against everything you know that isn't serving you and stepping into a new set of rules that allows you to achieve and embody success in your own terms, I encourage you to check out my three-month private coaching experience. So working with an extremely limited number of people for the next three months, one-on-one -on -one in a private setting to rewrite the negative programming that is built into your brain and establish a new set of rules that you create and live by. Because you don't have to do things normally. You don't have to do things the way they're done in the status quo to be successful. That is not to say you can't, 
And that isn't to say there won't be real practical steps to get from here to your goals. There will be. But you can choose how you approach it. And you can give yourself the freedom and the trust to do things your own way and create a path that is only yours, that is uniquely you, and that isn't trying to be like everybody else. So if this is fascinating to you, if you love the idea of doing this type of work, please get in touch with me. You can click the link in the show notes to find out more about my private coaching experience. And even better, when you go to the webpage to find out more about it, you can sign up for a free discovery session where we're going to talk about where you are. We're going to talk about the beliefs that are holding you back. We're going to talk about some different options on how we can clear them together. So it's a no pressure free call. You do have to fill out a form through the website to apply. There'll be some questions that are going to kind of get you thinking and show me where you are in your journey. But you've absolutely nothing to lose by signing up. And I would love to talk to you just to have a conversation about these things. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay bad, bitches. I'm not going to lie. I just made that up. But it's kind of a catchy outline, like a tagline on the way out, right? All right. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app and share it with a friend. I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. DM me at rebirth underscore of Venus. And be sure to grab your free ritual guide at rebirthofvenus.com.